Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're gonna need each other. Talking about hey now. Hey now. Hey now. <laughs> hey now. I go, I go, I go. Thank you. <laughs> I almost missed the beat. You did. I didn't. We caught yourself. I caught myself. It's okay. I you made redeemed it work. yourself. I redeemed myself. Yeah. Mitha. Speaking of redemption, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know where you're going with that. First of all, how's it going? <laughs> I'm well, thank you. How I, are you? I'm also well. Mitha. Yeah. It was a big weekend. It was huge. Huge. Mo- monumental. Monumental. It ended up being the fourth largest box office weekend of all time. Whoa. What are the top three? It's like Avengers Endgame. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. And like Titanic. S- no, Star Wars and something oh, okay. else. I think it's another It's another Marvel. Gotcha. And this is number four. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, Whoa. seriously. It's a big deal because it was so Barbie, yes. Oppenheimer, and Mission Impossible. Yeah. And that Sound of Freedom movie that people keep talking about. Oh, really? Is making a lot of money. Crazy. Yeah, crazy. You know why it's making a lot of money? Because it's right wing? Uh, no, because Barbie and Oppenheimer are sold out and people need to go see yeah. something. Barbie and Oppenheimer are sold out everywhere. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's fill our listeners in. This weekend. This weekend. Was Barbenheimer. Yes, Barbenheimer. Okay. It happened. Should we talk about like our Barbenheimer experiences? Yeah. Okay. So I I'll... think we can go into Barbenheimer as an entity later on, but okay. I think... This is for reviewing. Gotcha. Yeah. So should, which one should we start with? Okay. So Mita saw Barbie on Wednesday night. Yes. The, what was it? The 19th? Yes. Okay. Then Mita and I saw Oppenheimer on the 20th on Thursday night. Yes. And then I saw Barbie on the 21st on opening day. And I saw Barbie again <laughs> on the 21st. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that's... That's how we saw it. So we saw Oppenheimer together. Yeah. We talked about it, but we didn't really we like didn't dive, dive deep. In. And we did and we talked about Barbie very superficially over text. We haven't really like dived in. No. So dive in. Let's okay. talk Barbie first, because you saw Barbie first and we can go from there. Okay. Okay. Um loved Barbie. <laughs> yes, I was I like know. at first very scared to use the word love. Yeah. Like I was like Trepidatious. You know. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so I was telling people like, I really, really enjoyed it. No, I loved it. It was, I was so nervous going Mm -hmm. into it. I told you before, I was like, what if it's really bad? And even that, um, the second trailer that came out, Mm -hmm. it, I was worried that this was going to go into the realm of like slapstick comedy. Yeah. Like it was going to be a caper. Exactly. Or like, this was like going to be kind of like a Will Smith. Yeah. Not Will Smith. Will Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell, um, movie. And it's not. It's not. It's extremely intelligent. It is feminist without like shoving it in your face, I feel like, or at least for me yeah. <laughs> as a woman, it's not shoved into my face. But the thing that I love the most about it is that it is well-rounded. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't leave that theater thinking, oh, I hate men. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. I just, it's so smart, it's bright, and it's fun. There's a message in there, yeah. and it's it just, it's... The full package, everything in this works. There's intention behind everything. Mm-hmm. And like Greta Gerwig should really pat herself on the back for writing this and for directing this. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is the movie that I wanted and I'm so glad that we got it. 
Okay. Yeah. That's good. What were your thoughts? I really liked it as <laughs> yeah. well. I definitely, I don't think I had the same reaction uh-huh. as you. I really, really liked it. I was really impressed with Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling. Yes. Both of the, Greta Gerwig, like that is kudos to all three of you for America Ferreira as well mm-hmm. who by the way is not getting enough I think attention who's excellent in it I really like America Ferreira I really liked her casting all of that I really enjoyed it I loved the kind of breaking up forth the wall I loved Helen Mirren's narration, narration narration I did love that it had something to say and it was really pushing that it yeah. was really trying to say it I think it was one of the few movies that could get away with being in your face with this message because mm-hmm. that's kind of a part of the film Otherwise, that same thing in another movie would just be like so overblown. But in this, it doesn't seem that way. It works. It, really, it works. For me, the last act kind of kind of falls apart a little. It's a little kooky. It's a little too kooky for me. Uh-huh. I think I like some kook, but it loses it loses a little bit of of its kind of form, in in my opinion, and it becomes too zany, for me. I think I what I like about it is the subtlety. Despite it being Barbie and so crazy, it manages to do so much so subtly before, Mm -hmm. despite things being in your face, that it loses a little bit of that kind of grace. But it's a feat. Yeah. It's a feat and a half. Mm -hmm. I will say Barbie is getting a lot of like diverse reactions and a lot of, not flack necessarily, but a lot of opinions. Yeah. I will say as a feminist and as someone who actively liked the movie, I thought... The feminist message was really in your face, but not in a bad way. Yeah. I did think it was like, this is what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. But also, like, it does it so intelligently that it doesn't matter. It doesn't feel like it's being force-fed to you. Yeah, it's not like men. Oh, yeah. Men was, like, way... It was too much. Yeah. It was way too much and way... Trying to be way more intelligent, and it doesn't end up being... It didn't work. It's too... It's too fartsy. It's too fartsy. (laughs) Yeah. I don't personally think it's anti-man, but I wouldn't completely blow that argument out of proportion either. Okay. Because I think... I don't agree with it. I don't think it's an anti-man film at all. Uh-huh. Like, I think it's very intelligent, but that argument could be made. It and could... Someone, someone could really soundly make that argument, and I wouldn't necessarily be like, that's preposterous. It's not preposterous, I'd say. But I think the movie does a good job at negging that, of without giving things away. There is a whole... the. The message isn't like men are not worthy, Ken is not worthy. There is a message surrounding Ken in this movie that I think is really lovely and I think is how men should be in this world versus like what we see on these one star letterbox reviews. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's the other thing. Actually, the best review I read was from some Indian YouTuber who was like, I don't feel... I don't think it's the best thing ever made. I also don't think it's the worst thing ever made. I think the true opinion of this lies somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. And here are the things it does well. Here are the things it does, does, doesn't do well. And yeah. I was just like, yeah, I agree with everything here. I love the fact that it's a movie that's going to resonate with like women. tweens. Yeah. Not even women necessarily. Tweens and like teens. Yeah. Young girls and women who need something like this, who need the bait and switch. This is almost like today's teenager's version of Mean Girls for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a little bit more... 
This is more intelligent. <laughs> maybe, but maybe. The message in this. The is message, more yes, exactly. I don't think Tina Fey, like, really, like. I don't think that was she, but that's what but she was trying like, to yeah, do. It wasn't I her think, point. yeah, her point, Greta Gerwig's point is very clear in but, this. Yes, but, like, as a teenager, yeah. when Mean Girls came out, it was a big deal. It was exciting. It was like, wow, all female cast. And, like, it is about the female dynamic, but it's like, what is the good in this? Like, what should yeah. we be taking away from it? Barbie has that same sort of notion. And yeah. I'm, I'm excited for the teenage girls today to see this and be like yes yes i am a woman yeah i hope they understand where it's going that's Mm -hmm. my only concern because it is the end is very esoteric and very philosophical Mm -hmm. and that really could get lost on young people i will also say that i read an argument that said you could never make a movie that called out women the way this is attempting to call out men and i was just like that's also not wrong I would need to see it. I would need to see it to see how it's done. But I also don't discount that. I'm not, these are, and these are not reviews from like the one stars or the people who are the, the incels or the whatever who are like discounting it. No, that's not. There is a middle ground. There is a middle ground. Yeah. It's just hard to find sometimes because like it's rare. It's rare. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's also that like there is, there is a world where you might not like this movie as a man Mm -hmm. or connect with it or like. Even understand what it's saying, but still find its flaws and be completely dismissed. Mm. And that's a dangerous place to go. That you either like it or your opinion doesn't count. Mm. That's fair. And that's... But I'm riding on this high. You should! I'm not... We're we're having (laughs) film discourse. That's all it is. And I'm totally glad. I will see this again. Well, what I was going to say to you is, like, I do... The first viewing, I did agree, like, oh, this is going off the rails a little bit in that third act. I think it wraps it up nicely, but it was a little, like, what is happening? The second viewing did not feel that way at all. Maybe because you anticipated it? it? yeah, Yeah, and I think the second viewing... Uh, I think it was easier to fall into line of like what this fantasy world is and to actually just like to just be in it as opposed to be asking yourself questions of like, what's going on here? Why are we doing this? Like, is this montage really necessary? And things like that. You're just enjoying it for what it is. And it it works even better. Uh, So I'm looking forward to seeing it a second time and having that opinion. I will say without a doubt, the weakest link is Will Ferrell. Oh, yeah. Like, I, that, that whole is, part yeah. with Mattel, I don't think is really even necessary. It doesn't do it well. No. He is... I know why you cast him. I know exactly where you were going. Yeah. It you doesn't sh- work. It was bad instinct, to be quite honest, Greta. Yeah. Like, I think you went the obvious route, and you should have thought something different. Can I say something that might be weird? Yeah. I actually think somebody who could have pulled off what they were trying to do with that is Leonardo DiCaprio. But I get what you're saying. I think he was he's too big a star to do, to do something it, like that. But I could see him in that, yeah. that role. I think it had to be someone who isn't as cliche as Will Ferrell. Yeah. And that same thing could have worked. Mm-hmm. But also, that entire thing falls apart. Like, it ends up being this, like, the reason she runs back, like, blah, blah, blah. It's but nothing comes forgotten. of it. It's very forgotten. Nothing comes At of that storyline. At one point, I, watching it the first time, I'm like, are they going to get back to that? Yeah, are they going like, to circle back? Yeah. yeah. They, don't. they don't. So I... Liked it. Yeah. Didn't love it. I'll watch it again. I think young girls between like 10 and 20. Yes. Please go watch this. There you go. Rating. Okay. I did have one question before. Oh my God. Absolutely. Um, reactions within the theater 
Okay, like, yeah. What was your my first audience like loved it, was like everybody yeah, was yeah, cheering yeah. and whatnot. And the first time I watched it, there there is a mother daughter theme that goes along yeah. in this film. And I wasn't feeling it as yeah. much in that first viewing. In the second viewing, I was seeing it and like the person I went with was crying yeah. during those that. sequences. Yes, yeah. Those sequences and like there was much more of a reaction towards those things than there was in the first, which I thought was interesting. I went to a afternoon viewing. Yeah. And it was a lot of younger people. Okay. I think a lot of really young people who just didn't realize this is the type of movie it was. Mm. And I think like they were in that kind of ten to fifteen age range that it was this is not what they were expecting. They were just expecting hot Margot Robbie and hot Ryan Gosling to hot around and like yeah. be Barbie and Ken. And the movie is not that. They were expecting Scooby-Doo. Yeah. yeah. And this is not, that's not what it is. And I think they were taken aback. And I don't think they got, they got, it. got it the way. But after America Ferrera's speech, there was some clapping in the audience. Okay. So like, it's a good speech. It I have heard it out, before Yeah. Though. I've heard it before. It sticks out like a sore thumb. It's almost like one of her more, like aside from Will Ferrell, it's one of the more weaker parts of the movie because I've heard the speech before. I've al- I'll also say that I've heard the speech before. It sticks out. Yeah. Like it's meant, it's like Greta Gerwig sat down and was like, I'm going to write this super feministic speech about what it is to be a woman and how much it sucks. Yeah. And she did. And she did it and put it in the movie. Because, yeah. And she tried to, like, make it work with what was yeah. happening within the movie. But it was like, is this really what, is like, that, is this how you're going to, I don't want to spoil things. Is but. this how you're going to position this? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I think the other thing I just want to say, you're not going to agree with this. I want to see Greta Gerwig do something not so feminist or, like, specifically. Oh, no, I'm interested. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want, I, she's a good filmmaker. There's no denying that. Mm-hmm. But all three of her films have taken this tone about them. And they've been good films. Mm-hmm. But I would just like to see you do your standard comedy or standard action. Like something... Without the without message the, the message. It. Yeah. Like I want to see... Can you do that? Frances Ha. Well, she didn't she direct, didn't direct it. it. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Lady Bird doesn't have... It's less. It's less of it's a It's much less. And it's more much. of a coming out of age. Yeah. yeah. And like... To be honest, she needed to do that with Little Woman because, like, otherwise, what's the point of having another Little Woman? I will say that those yeah. two speeches are the best part. Yeah. Like Florence Pugh's and then yeah. Saoirse Ronan's. But again, I'm just kind of I want to see her do just some just something, something average. Yeah. Just like and I'm, I'm excited average, to see what she has for her next though because yeah. this is a big this is a big deal weekend yeah. deal for her. It's a huge deal actually. Yeah. So <laughs> sorry. We still have a whole other film to review. Whoops. All two other films to review. Yeah. Rating on this. Okay, I'm landing on a four and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I really enjoyed okay. this, Nadim. I watched this and I was like, movies are back. Like, let's yeah. I mean, Mission Impossible also had yeah. me like getting excited, but I was just like, this this is this is the thing. I went into this thinking Barbie was gonna be a movie. Yeah. Barbie is a film. Yeah. It is. And then I, you know, dug into the research yeah. of like all of the, um, Greta Gerwig has a great list on Letterboxd right mm-hmm. now of all the films that inspired her for Barbie. Yeah. And then I started to look into that. And it's really interesting to yeah. see like where her inspiration is coming from. And there's a bunch of movies on that list that I would like to check out yeah. as well. And there's just it's something, there's just this feeling that I was overcome with of just like pure enjoyment. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really rare, especially in this type of a movie yeah. with a comedy. 
you can lose it so easily. And everybody in this is so so good. Good. Everybody. Ryan yeah. Gosling, that role, like they clearly wrote it with him in yeah, mind, yeah, yeah. and she he did. kills it. Yeah, yeah. He is so good at getting. He's so good. And yeah. it could be so bad. And I think Margot Robbie is really a standout for me too because I was thinking, could Anne Hathaway have done that? And I don't think she would have the same groundedness. Is groundedness a word? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think she would be as grounded as Margot Robbie yeah. is in some of those scenes. Like when she's like bare-faced and just like contemplating herself. Anne Hathaway. I think she could. But I, I wouldn't think... dismiss that completely. Okay. There's some, but it's just... It really took me aback because that yeah. was not what I was expecting. I was like those teenage girls and thinking this might be like Scooby-Doo yeah, yeah. where you finally, you get to see a live action version of toys that you played yeah, yeah, with yeah. or a cartoon that you saw. Yeah. And this just is such an elevated version of that. Absolutely, and I think yeah. it's such a success and a triumph and I'm all for it. And I'm really close to giving it a five star, but I need a three, a third viewing to make okay. my like final That's decision. Fair. So I'm going with four and a half for now. Okay. Yeah. I'm landing on three and a half. Okay. I really enjoyed it. I want to see it again. I want to try to see it again in theater. But yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I just like I. I. I think for me there are things that work incredibly well, mm -hmm. and the things that don't work really just don't work for me. Yeah. I had that third act. It's not problematic. It just really kind of. I remember sitting there in that theater and when that fight happens, yeah. being like, oh, this is this is not working. It felt different the second Okay, maybe it that. does. For me. And like maybe, maybe, yeah, that's, and they're like dance off and I'm just like, I feel, I know what you're going for, Greta, and it's not. This is, you've, you've lost me. Okay. And this is not the time to lose me. Okay. And I know you are a capable enough director not to lose me. That's not like... I, you you can do that. Mm -hmm. It's just you just didn't. So I'm landing on three and a half right now. We'll see uh, the second viewing where it goes. But let's talk about the first viewing. Okay. Of Oppenheimer. Yes. We saw it in IMAX. Yeah. Together. We did. All three hours. Wasn't of that it. nice? It was. We didn't get up to pee once. Once. I was really proud of us. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go first this time. Yeah. I was when we talked about what our most ex excited movies we were for the summer. This was both of our last ones. Yeah. I didn't have Mission Impossible on my list mm -hmm. because I, I'm not as excited, but it was Rocky, Rani, Barbie, and then Oppenheimer. Because I've kind of made it, I think, very clear that I've kind of fallen off the Oppenheimer bandwagon a little. So not Oppenheimer, Nolan bandwagon. Yes. I don't think, I, I, I think I see him a little differently since his last couple of movies, Tenet and Interstellar especially. Mm -hmm. I, I think I just, I haven't, I don't love him the same way. I did initially with The Dark Knight and Inception. There's been definitely a dip. And I think this is everything Nolan is. It's big and it's intelligent. And he does it without trying to be Nolan. Mm -hmm. It's restrained at three hours. A movie on physics. It's restrained. It's intelligent. It's provocative. It's everything a movie should be. Yeah, It is very, very good. And it arguably, I think you'll like different Nolan movies for different reasons. Mm -hmm. This will probably be his best made film. Yeah. It definitely, right now, is his best made film. Despite having other films with incredible elements, like The Dark Knight and Heath Ledger's performance, and, you know, the twist of momentum. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think other films have other elements than, like, the bombastic nature of Inception. Yes. But Oppenheimer is the 
everything about Nolan coming together and working. It's just very good storytelling. Because yeah. those other films always have that extra, like, yeah. X element to them yes. of, like, time travel. Yeah. Or, you know, like, yeah. there's something... Something more thrilling yeah. about them when this is just straight up like a biography it's of a biography, life. Yeah. But he he nails it. Yeah. Yeah. The execution is immaculate mm-hmm. on this. And there's much less to say about Oppenheimer. Not in a way that like it's there's not much to talk about. There's a lot to say in Oppenheimer. There's a lot of really interesting stuff. But I think it's a movie you have to watch to experience. Mm-hmm. I think from Barbie we understood what it was at least going to look like and feel like. Yes. Maybe not where it was going. We didn't... We The bait and switch was incredible with Barbie. Mm-hmm. This, you kind of know where it was... How it was going to look and feel and all of that. You knew it was going to be well-lensed. You know it was going to have great score. You knew there would be some time element. Mm-hmm. You knew when the atomic bomb goes off, it was going to be the movie event of the year. Like, yeah. you knew certain things, and he just, he ends up delivering on the promise. Yeah. He, deli- the promise of the premise, he delivers on it. He delivers on it, on it completely. Yeah. Which is very rare these days. And, for him, so restrained. Shocking. So restrained. It's like three hours, and it needs to be two and a half, I'd say. Like, it yeah, is about a half hour. He could cut out chunks of this. But still, so restrained. But I wasn't mad about it. No, I wasn't. And at no point did I look at my phone to be like, how much longer do we have yeah. here? Like, I was just enjoying it. What I will say is like, go see it in IMAX. You have to. I was debating it before. Yeah. Because yeah. I just, I don't like the seats at the IMAX. Yeah, like, yeah, I like yeah. to be able to recline. Although, if you're in Ottawa, go to the Silver City one because it has better IMAX seats than Landmark has. One, yeah. Yeah. Um, but there was something, like, while we were watching it, at one point I was, like, watching I was, like, I could, like, touch his face. I could put my <laughs> hand there and, yeah. like, touch his It's just, it's so encapsulating. Yeah. And it, I was, I was worried it was going to be more on the boring side of things. For the first 45 minutes when we were just talking about physics, I was really worried. Yeah. I was just like, oh, is this this movie? Yeah. With this Nolan trying to be condescending to us? And then at 45 minutes, Matt Damon comes in and everything And they're like, oh, this is a normal. Okay. Oh, oh, here. I see it happening. <laughs> He's like yeah. me. <laughs> I checked the time then because I was just like, how much oh. did I watch to be... Because when he walked in and their conversation was happening, I was like, oh, I know where we're going now. And I wanted to know how much had elapsed. Now 45 minutes have is a fun. long time, I'll yeah. say, to go and talk about physics. I think that... But... I get what he's trying to do because I also think and Cass was saying this like in interviews he actually understands the physics behind all of this and so I think he wants to give the audience the opportunity to learn it too you're not going to learn any oh my god you might need to to bring a textbook to understand some Some of of the things you're saying but it is well made in that like I don't understand any of the physics but I still understood what was happening in the movie, yes. what sort of their pain points were, what the risk was, what yeah. we're waiting for, what all the um, consequences could be. And like, it's just it's just well told, like very yeah. good storytelling. Um, I'm very impressed with Robert Downey Jr. in this. The cast, fantastic. again, fantastic. But for me, the Robert Downey I've known the last decade is Iron, is Iron Man. Man. Yeah. And honestly, that's just Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, yeah. that's just Robert Downey Jr. playing himself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I forgot how talented yeah. of a person he actually is. Because in this, there were moments watching it where I forgot who it was that I was watching. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wait, yeah, RDJ. The acting that's is actually you. very strong in this, which yeah. is interesting because we talked a lot about earlier in other movies or other reviews how... Nolan's for Nolan, actors he's not are, an act. Yeah, yeah but he, 
He not a director for actors. Exactly. But he extracted four exquisite performances mm-hmm. from Robert Downey Jr., Killian Murphy, Emily Blunt, and Florence Pugh. Yeah. Just across the board. Also, Josh Hartnett. Yeah. Like, way where, out of left yeah, field. Yeah, way out of left field. But I fully enjoyed it. I just saw an episode of Black Mirror that he's in as well. What? Yeah. That's a whole other conversation. I'm happy for the Josh Hardy yeah. renaissance that yeah. is occurring. Yeah, what is happening? Why did that happen? I, I like don't know, but I'm here for it. Yeah. He looks really good. He is good in yeah, this. Yeah, he's really good in I this. I believe him. Like, I want to be friends with him. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, there there's really, the length is the only thing where I'm just kind of like, that's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. lot of movie. It's a lot of movie. Yeah. You, you also, this will not translate well on small screen. No. That's another yeah. really... It's, I was yeah. talking to someone at work today, yeah. and she's like debating going to see both of them. Yeah. And she was like, I don't know if I should just wait till they're available on streamers. And yeah. I said to her, Barbie, you can wait for on a streamer. Yeah. You can watch it at home. You can ha- still have a good time. Yeah. Oppenheimer, you need to see on a big screen. IMAX is a must, but if you can't see it on IMAX, at least see it in the movie theater. Because watching that at home on a TV, it's not going to have the same effect. You're not going to get through that first 45 minutes. No, you're just going to turn it off. Because it's going to be really boring. It doesn't doesn't feel that way. But I would also say about Barbie, you will not enjoy it as much at home if you haven't seen it in a big screen. Just in general, always seeing it yeah. in the movie theater is better. I, like, but I, think I know we're still... proponents of that. Yeah. Like, this is our podcast, <laughs> and like going to the movies is our thing. But like, these are two movies that are at polar opposite ends of the spectrum, and both examples of enjoying something on a big screen. Movies yeah. are made for big screens. Yeah. They're made to be enjoyed in crowds and in audiences. And it was really, it was really heartening to see that this was the event this weekend. It's the summer, there's eight weeks, whatever. This Barbenheimer was it. It was all anything anyone can talk about. It was all anyone did. It was nice that the movies came back in this, like, grand fashion. Cinema is here. Yeah, it's back, and it's really exciting. I'm just going to give my quick rating. We really need to move on. We've been here for half an hour. Whoa. We still have a review of Rain Man. Oops. I'm giving it four stars. Okay. I think for four and a half, it would need to be edited a little bit more. Yeah. Um... And a little bit tighter, but I want to. I want to see this again. I want to see both of these movies again, and I really, I really had a good time with Oppenheimer. Yeah. I really, I respect it a lot. It's a lot of film. I will not watch it as frequently as I'll watch Barbie, but I really, I, 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 I liked it. I enjoyed it. If I can get through that first forty-five minutes, I will be there for the ride because. That atomic bomb blast that like he does he does tension like nobody else. Yeah, don't so, spoil it. I'm not going to. Don't it's incredible it. though. Yeah. It's so like it's he does it so well, and then everything after also just great. Yeah, he knows how to his first sex scene totally worth the time. Really weird and really Christopher Nolan esque, yeah. and like just just kudos to Nolan. Thanks for not making me feel like an idiot. There you go. Four stars. <laughs> there you go. I went in with like extremely low expectations again. Yeah. Of just like having talked about previous Nolan yeah. films and how he can get carried away with things and like especially with the last one being Tenant, just oh my not God. not enjoying that experience <laughs> yeah. at all. I did watch it at home, so that's probably like part yeah. of it, but just I did not enjoy that experience the way I've enjoyed his films before. Yeah. And so I was like a little worried of like I knew there was no um flashy gimmick in this yeah. one but like i was like what is he going to do or can he yeah. actually just do like a biography like yeah. this how is he going to make this compelling and 
he does it. Like yeah. the performances on this are top notch. Yeah. The environment that he's created, like that, it's just visually encapsulating. Like yeah. I don't. There's it's hard to describe. You yeah. just have to experience it. Yeah. And like, that's what movies should be. They yeah. should be an experience. experience. And I think this is so well done. And I also gave it four and a half stars. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm glad you had a great I had time. a great weekend. Yeah, it was a great movie weekend. I can't wait to see it again. Yeah. I'm very excited. I'm going to see both of these again. Yeah. I just want to find, ask you in the last three minutes we have, we do need to wrap this up, Oscar chances for each. Oh, okay. Um, Most likely, let's see. Oppenheimer, most likely Best Picture. Yeah, I think Best Picture, Best Director Yeah, are almost like done. Done for Oppenheimer, of yeah. course. Um, best Actor, for sure. Best Supporting Actor, for sure. Best Supporting Actress, for sure. I think so. Yeah. Possibly for both. Definitely for Emily Blunt, I'd say. Yeah. I think Florence Pugh might get in. I don't think Flo will get in. You don't think? I think it's too, not, um, it's not she's hardly enough. in it. Yeah. yeah. That I mean, that clearly doesn't matter. No. No, but I, I, I don't know. Well, we have to see what else comes out. That's this year. true. But I think Emily is definitely, yeah. and then Flo is a maybe. Yeah. I would say screenplay. Yes. And then all, all literally the, all, all the, the technicals. Yeah, all Every the tech. technical, it will get in. Yeah. It could go to like 13, 14 nominations. Yeah. It could be a big year. Yeah. And I think Nolan, let's see what else comes out and how Killers of the Flower Moon is. Yeah. But I think Nolan could win. Yeah. I think there's a chance. Okay. Barbie? Barbie. Okay, definitely. I think. I think best screenplay for sure. I think yeah, best okay. screenplay. Yeah, I think go with screenplay. I think screenplay is the one that has the shot of winning actually. Yeah. 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 Is it considered adapted? That's my thing. Like it is original, but it's based off of. Yeah, I think they might throw it into adapted. Oh. Yeah. This against Oppenheimer then. We don't know what else has released. That's true. Right. We have to give the rest of the Killers six of months. The farm. Yeah. yeah. So definitely screenplay. Yeah. I don't. No, if it will have a Best Picture nom. If it does the 10, probably. I think so. If they do the 10 this year. Yeah. Yeah. I think it can get in. I think Greta can actually get in, The too. director? Yeah. We'll see. I think Margot... I never risk get... with women. I think everything here is in the... I think. Yeah. I don't think it's as certain as Oppenheimer. I think Best Picture, Best Director, Actress, and support, Supporting Actor, yeah. I think are all strong bets. Yeah. Not guaranteed. Oppenheimer is getting a Best Picture and Director. It's for a sure. guarantee. I also think Actor and Supporting Actor for Oppenheimer is a guarantee. You think? I think for Actor for sure. Actor for sure. I, I, I think yeah. Killian, Killian is, is, is amazing. Is in it. Yeah. I think RDJ yeah. is going to... He's going to have a chance. He's yeah. Hollywood royalty. People yes, love that's him. True. Yeah. Yeah. I think Actress for Margot, most likely. Yeah. Um, I actually do think they will nominate Ryan Gosling. For I think Ryan Gosling has a better chance, actually, than Margot Robbie. And I know for a fact he's going to win that Golden Globe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's he's going to win that, that yeah. comedy. Wait, they split it up still, yeah, right? Okay, comedy, yeah. yeah. Comedy musical. I think America Forever has a shot. At supporting? Yeah. Yes. And and then costume. Costume makeup, for short. Set, set design. Set, yeah. Nadine, that's set. Yeah. And I think those. <laughs> so I think it, it, could, it could get, like, up to 10, maybe. Yeah. It has a shot. And maybe a supporting for uh, Michael Sarah too. We didn't talk about Alan. No, I don't think that's gonna. Happen. I think Alan was a runaway hit. Yeah. I think people really enjoyed I don't Alan. Think that's <laughs> <happen>. <sighs> okay. All right, Mitha. I think it's time to move on. Okay. So what did we watch this week? This week, Nadim, we watched the 1988 Best Picture Best <laughs> Best Picture winner. Yes. Whew, a mouthful. So much. Yes. Uh, a movie titled Rain Man. Yes, yes. Mitha, Rain Man. Would you like to hear a description? I, I would absolutely love to. IMDb describes Rain Man as 
After a selfish L.A. yuppie learns his estranged father left a fortune to an autistic savant brother in Ohio that he didn't know existed, he absconds with his brother and sets out across the country hoping to gain a larger inheritance. Okay. I didn't read that before. Okay. Like, even before this recording. Oh. That's giving away too much detail. That's a lot. That's, yeah. like, everything. That's, like, yeah. That's everything about this movie. Yeah. It's, and like, too much there detail. There should be an element of surprise. There's none in there. Yeah. Because you is. know exactly how this is going to start, finish, end. Did I say abscons properly? You did. Okay. Yeah. I didn't pick up on that. You <laughs> there you go. That's just too much detail. That that's, is yeah. what the movie is about, sure, but it's too much. Cut it down, IMDb. Cut it down, IMDb. You should know better than that. Yes. But, yeah. Rain Man is from 1988. Yeah, we're getting into the 90s. Yeah. Had you seen Rain Man? I had seen, I remember, so my, I have an older sister who's four years older than me. Yeah. And I remember there are some of these movies that I have watched casually. Yeah. Like, because she was older and she had heard about things. So when I was like 12 and she was 16 or like even younger than that, Mm -hmm. I remember watching Rain Man in my parent, in the house I was born into. Okay. Which I left at the age of 12. Okay. So I remember watching it in that house. Mm -hmm. And I remember certain sequences. Okay. But I've never seen it end to end. Yes. And I've seen it, like, again, on TV, like, pieces in it, but I've never wanted to sit down and watch it. Yes. Until I have to. Until now. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? I knew Rain Man. And I think Rain Man's had, like, a real stamp in popular culture. And so I've always just assumed that I watched the movie. That's the other thing I'll say is that I know, like, there's a stamp on popular culture that I can associate with and I understand. Yeah. And having not seen it up until this point, and having seen it now, I didn't need to see it to still know that stamp. No. Do you know what I mean? Well, like, maybe we have different views. Sure. But, go ahead. <laughs> but yes, I, yeah. I knew the, the stamp that it had. And so I just always kind of assumed, like, yeah, I've seen it. And I understood what the movie was about without reading the spoiler yeah. <laughs> um, description. Yeah. And so I just was like, okay, yeah, I've seen it. But then I realized I had never, no. never actually seen it from start to end. No. No. And now here we are. And then now I watched it. So I feel like this is a, almost a defining movie in some way because yeah. Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. So we're moving into a period in which you and I recognize... The people. The people and the movies a lot more. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, we get like Driving Miss Daisy next week, et cetera. We'll talk about that later. But... This feels like a, a real shift yes. from The Last Emperor. That feels like old and this feels new. This familiar. This yeah. feels familiar. Yeah. Like We're I, yeah. moving into familiar territory. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts now that you've seen it? I really enjoyed okay. Rain Man. I had a good time with this. Okay. I think the last little while has been like kind of iffy with me and okay. just like not being actually entertained by okay. anything. But I, even though I knew what the story of this movie was, like I knew it was about uh, a brother trying to fight for his inheritance, I didn't yeah. know that he didn't know the brother existed. Okay. I didn't know that. So there was like an element of surprise there. I thought he knew like this from the beginning. Time, from yeah. the beginning. Spoiler, he didn't know his brother yeah. existed. I didn't know sort of the, like why he may have not received this inheritance or anything like that. So the the, the repercussions of him not knowing he yeah. existed was like all very new to me. And yeah. I was like, oh, this is intriguing. And then also I am just in this era currently where You're I'm loving Tom Cruise. I'm loving Tom Cruise. Really? I'm loving Tom Cruise as a performer. Yeah. As an fair. actor. Not as a human being. Let me tell you something that you're going to unfortunately like about him as a human being. Oh. I was listening to the radio yesterday and there there's some article about how 
uh, what big celebrities did with their first paycheck. Yes. You want to know what Tom Cruise did? What did he do, Nazim? Tom Cruise paid for his sister's university and bought his other sister a car. See, I really like... <laughs> I, there's elements of Tom Cruise yeah, that are really great. Tom Cruise is the perfect example of when we think about, like, good people do bad things or bad people do good things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise is yeah. a human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Despite he's what a... some people might think, he's not an alien or a robot. No, yeah. He is a human. Yeah. Um, and I've really just been on this, like, ride of enjoying Tom as of late. You know, months ago we watched Top Gun for yeah. the first time. Or Top Gun 2. Top Gun 2. For the first time. And uh, Mission Impossible just came out. Yeah. And a few weeks ago when we were doing the 82, I think, I decided to watch Risky Business because it was yeah, like yeah, 1983. Yeah. And I really enjoyed Risky yeah. Business. And there's something very entertaining about him. Even when it's, like, somewhat serious subject matter like this, there is like an undeniable charm with him. Okay. And I really enjoyed watching this. Okay. Yeah. How did you feel? I didn't hate it. Yeah. I didn't love it. Mm -hmm. I was a little bit more ho-hum about it. And I get what you're saying about Tom because I didn't dislike him. I thought he kind of overacted in this and his character was more of a dick than he needed to be. And there were elements about it that I liked. I think Dustin Hoffman is spectacular Mm -hmm. regardless of the fact that like... To quote Tropic Thunder, (laughs) he does go full retard. He does. He really commits to it. And that's not, that's not Dustin's thing. It's how it's written. It's how it's directed. But Dustin is really, really good. Really good. Deserving of his best actor Oscar, without a doubt. It's a really great performance. And it's the thing that grounds the entire film. Because I don't think there is much element of surprise in this. I think there's small things, even though I didn't know this. I wasn't overall, like, surprised by where this was going or really anything by it. The stakes were altogether quite low overall. Like, nothing about this really, like, stuck out. And I want to talk... I want to bring in a couple of other elements that we talked about earlier. Yeah. Because I decided to watch Working Girl. Okay. And Mississippi Burning. Okay. I want... I watched Working Girl. I didn't watch Mississippi Burning because I'd had to rent it. Yes. And I didn't want it. I, for some reason, still have an MGM subscription. (laughs) Someone is paying for it and has not called it out. So I was just like, let's watch this movie on here. Yeah. There you go. So I watched both of them. So let's... Okay. So I really enjoyed Working Girl. Right? Yeah. Working Girl was a good time. I I thought it was a great time. I thought Melanie Griffith was great. I thought Harrison Ford. It was... Even Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. It was so like... It was a low stakes, fun romantic comedy. Yeah. I was was having a bad day. I turned it on. I was just like, this is exactly what I wanted. Mm -hmm. I don't think it deserves best picture. I did like it more than Rain Man. Oh, interesting. Because I enjoyed Rain Man. More than... More than I enjoyed Working Girl. And I think, for me, Working Girl is very much of its time. Oh my god, Working Girl is so <laughs> of its time. The underwear alone. <laughs> the F- F- <laughs> Melanie Griffith, head to toe, it, like, embodies the 80s. Yeah. And Joan Cusack's eye makeup. Joan, Joan Cusack. Joan Cusack's been in so many movies I've watched lately. That you're also just like, Joan Cusack <laughs> is in this, yeah. She was in Working Girl and she was in Broadcast News. <laughs> oh, she's in Broadcast News, yeah. too, yeah. I was going to watch Broadcast News because yeah. I know you watched it. Last week or the last week, week before? I watched it. I was going to watch it and then I was just like, we don't have to discuss it. So I'll watch it maybe next week. Whatever there you go. But. But yes, Working Girl is very much like of its time. Yeah. 
uh, which I appreciated while watching it. Yeah. Like, it's a bop. It's a bop. But I do think that Rain Man, like, if you're looking in terms of best picture, is a bit more universal. Okay. It's still of its time. Like, the cars, the clothes, that kind yeah. of. But the overall sense was, like, this is something that could be placed. Rain Man is a little bit more classic. Yeah. However. Mm. There were two other films that were nominated that year. Yes. So we have Rain Man, obviously the winner. We Uh have Working Girl. We have Mississippi Burning, which I'll talk about. Then we have The Accidental Tourist, which I wasn't able to rent, so I didn't. And then we have Dangerous Liaisons. Oh, yeah. The number two movie that we ever... We did on this podcast. It's our second episode. A movie that I love. (laughs) I also really enjoy Dangerous Liaisons. I think it's... It's also a bop in a very different way. Mm-hmm. And the stronger film. Yeah. Yeah. Out of all five, including Mississippi Burning? Yeah. Oh. Can you rank for me right now? The four of them? The four that you've seen. I would go... In terms of enjoyment? Yeah. Dangerously is, you know? Yeah. Working Girl. Okay. Mississippi Burning and oh, the Rain Man. Interesting. Yeah. It's, and that's not to say I disliked Rain Man. Yeah. I, I think that's just to say that, okay, Dangerous Liaison is so sexy and so fun and yeah. so, like, dark and so, like, seductive as a film. And it's a period piece. It's a period piece at the same time. Yeah. And Glenn Close is excellent and so is Jeremy so Irons. Cunning. And, like, that last shot of her face and, like, with the realization. And, like, I think when people think of that story, they think of Cruel, cruel Intentions. But... Dangerous Liaisons does it with such class. Mm. It's really, really good. I just don't think Rain Man is that great. Of a film. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're going to compare the two. I... I'm also putting it above. Oh, I just Working, working Girl was just such a good time. It was a fun time. Yeah. And it was fun without... I recognize that it's like it's it's a it's a rom it's a rom com. And it's not even like an elevated rom com. It's just a rom com. But it's very satisfying. Mike Nichols knows how to do that genre very well. It's like Tootsie, but not as good as Tootsie. Tootsie. It's pretty much what Working Girl is. Yeah. Tootsie is kind of like elevated comedy. Tootsie has more comedy in it. Yeah. It also, and it has Dustin Hoffman. It has Dustin Hoffman yeah. again. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman has a very good career. He does. Yeah. I don't think anybody's denying that. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. I'm, just, I'm just pointing out that like... Just, like he's had... This is sort of his time this is that his we've been time, watching yeah. the last two decades. Yeah. Like, he really does step up to the plate. Yeah. It's interesting to see he doesn't have that much of a, like, career right now. Like, people aren't watching Dustin, Dustin Hoffman. Hoffman yeah. yeah. But he's old now. But, like, look at someone like De Niro, Rock, yeah. who still comes up every now and then. That's because he's got Martin on his side, though. That's true. I also don't think, is Dustin even acting as much? Dustin's apparently a jerk. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that too. And so I think people don't work with him yeah. for that reason. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. I feel like he's kind of like the first half of Kramer versus Kramer as a person. Perhaps. Yeah. Maybe in working scenarios. Because I've also heard that he, like, when it comes with to other actors, like younger ones, he's always been very generous with his time or, like, will give them pointers and things oh, like that, nice. which is yeah. nice. But I hear he's, like, not the greatest person yeah. to be around. I can get But yeah. all this to say, I enjoyed working girl. You, yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. I was watching it and I was like, Nadine will probably like this. There's just nothing <laughs> offensive about it. No. Except Alec Baldwin. 
who did you know he initially was yeah. casted in the um, Harrison, Harrison Ford, Ford role. role, but he wasn't big enough on the name. They needed a movie star. Yeah, so, so they, they said, Harrison. you're out, Alec. And he was gracious enough yeah. to accept the lower Which role. made me kind of be like, all right, Alec, I get it. But like Alec Baldwin definitely grew into his looks. Yeah, no, I thought he was fine. Yeah. <laughs> he was not like yeah, yeah, yeah. Alec Baldwin. He's not, well, I've never actually found Alec Baldwin like too attractive. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I think Jack Donaghy is different from Alec Baldwin. Like, I think Jack Donaghy is attractive, <laughs> but not Alec Baldwin. Fair <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There's a lot going on with Jack Donaghy. Yeah, it's not just that you're Alec just Baldwin. Like, yeah. I like this. I like this. I hate you, but I like yeah, you. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. So talk to me then about, I'll talk about Mississippi Burning later. Yeah. But talk to me about Rain Man then and what exactly, because... Because I think this film could very easily be very bad. And the, all the elements that are going on there, especially when it comes to Dustin Hoffman's performance, yeah. that could go really terribly wrong. And we've seen it go terribly wrong with other people before. There is something very, like, you can tell it's coming from a place of compassion as a, or yeah, just a place fair. of, like, I am actually trying to portray this type of person yeah. versus of, like, I'm trying to get an Oscar. Versus Sometimes the, I am can, Sam of it all. Exactly. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Like, yeah. That's, that's the difference. Sean Penn is trying to do something purposely yeah. in that movie that Dustin Hoffman's not doing here. Yeah. And I was reading that initially they wanted him to play the Tom Cruise role, and he read the script, and yeah. he was like, well, no, I would actually like to play yeah. the Raymond role. Dustin Hoffman wanted to play Gandhi, too. <laughs> what? Yeah. He wanted to play Gandhi. You know what? I think he could do that. <laughs> Obviously, this is from a time where casting, uh, like, authentically was not an, a requirement. Mm-hmm. So he went out to play Gandhi. Yeah. That in itself, I think, could could have gone so wrong. And it's so right here. It works. Yeah. I'm not offended by it in any ways. And, like, I actually think if this generation that is all about cancel culture watched it, I don't think they would be offended either. But do you think if it was remade, you'd have to have someone with yes. autism play the role? Could they, though? Someone with autism? I think someone there with are... that high, like he's he's meant to be he's meant to have a high degree of autism, but he's high functioning at the same time. Yes. Could you direct someone like that? Me personally, well, not or just you. in general. <laughs> yeah. I think there probably are actors who are, there? are on the spectrum at least. Sure. Right? Like I I don't know who they are. But my, my only point I in would... bring, bringing it up is mm-hmm. that like because like you said, it's cancel culture of it all, right? Yeah. Like Dustin Hoffman is. As far as we know, not on the spectrum. But if it was made now... But I guess, do you... you? I mean, there's adjustments that would have to be made in terms of, like, the day-to-day work to accommodate that person of, like, this is how they work, so let's work with them as opposed to against them. But why do you have to do that? I Well, I'm not saying that that's what would have to happen. I just think in terms of the world that we live in, that's what has to happen. Sure. So tell me, then, your yeah. opinion. Hmm. Do you think... If this was made now, that someone with autism should play that role. I don't think they need to. Okay. I don't think it's needed because yeah. clearly, clearly, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. done well. Yeah, I. It's not offensive in any way. No, no, no. no yeah, it isn't. <laughs> no, it actually isn't offensive at any point. No, um, or at least to me, someone who, well, like I know people who are on the spectrum, spectrum. not to the same level 
as Raymond's character yeah. in this, but I know people who ha- are, and like there, I don't. I think there was a lot of care put into this that people maybe weren't actually thinking about in the eighties, and I think this does shed a light onto it a little bit of like mm. what does that look like, especially in the scenes where we're talking about Charlie having to take him in and mm-hmm. trying to understand like what does that actually look like on the yeah. day to day basis, and when he is like overreacting when the smoke alarm yeah. is going off and like just. I felt a lot of compassion in mm-hmm. those moments and like actual, like an emotional reaction, which I think in a poorer film would not happen. And there's like a very high level of skill that's done with this where it actually works and it's not something offensive in any way. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. I also think you mentioned that Charlie seems like a real jerk to you yeah. in a lot of ways. I think people are just like yeah. that. Yeah, I don't... I don't... Yeah. Yeah. I think he comes off as a dick, but like, I, I think people are just like Are just that like well. that. And I think there's a lot of realism here. Like, it's very, I, I feel like that's what it would actually be like. And I was reading that Michael Caine said, okay. <laughs> Michael Caine was in a similar situation in which he found out he had a brother and he didn't know that they existed. Yeah. And he watched this movie and he thinks that Tom Cruise is the better performer. Really? Yeah. Because he, he gets pull the, it out. He gets that frustration. He understands that frustration, but there was something specific he said. I'm going to pull it up. So yeah, Michael Caine found out he had a brother who had lived most of his life in a mental hospital. Um, oh, that's and, a really similar situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then he said, Tom's performance was beautifully done. He went on to say that Dustin had the showy part. Tom's required great discipline and a responsibility to draw the viewer into Raymond's point of view, as well as portray the painful acceptance of the limitations his brother's condition placed on their level of familial intimacy. Well, that's such a Michael Caine way of saying that. <laughs> yeah, but then I thought, I was like, you're right, Michael. Yeah. No, <laughs> That it's, is a it's, tough job yeah. to do, because he could be even more of a jerk. And no point was I like, I hate him. I could understand where he was coming from. And while I was watching it, I was like, there's another interesting conversation here in terms of, like, birthright. Yeah. What, like, how, does he actually, that's the question. To does he, yeah. Is he actually entitled to this money, or should it go yeah. to Raymond? And I battled with that throughout the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said then answer the question. I, I feel like what what is fair is, yes, that $3 million dollars, which sounds so small now. It kind of does. Right? right? I was so like, it's only three million. It's only three million. <laughs> yeah. What are you fighting for? It's not like he's a billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that three million dollars should be split 50-50. But then part of me is just like, his father is terrible. Like, how do you not tell your child? How do you keep that a secret that you have a you have a sibling? Yeah. And like, how was there nobody in their lives that told him? That I found a little unbelievable, to be quite honest. And then I thought. Why hasn't this been a Bollywood movie? Because this is like such a great concept. <laughs> but for the Bollywood. thing is, Mita, that shit actually happens in India. Exactly. Like it doesn't feel far fetched in that culture because that kind of deception that they would hide. Yeah, that they would hide that kind of stuff, and they would hide it just because he had autism or whatever yeah. it was. Like that actually, for better or for worse, we're not here to discuss it. That happens there. This, the whole fact that, like, he went, like, what is he supposed to be, 25, 30, Mm -hmm. uh, Tom Cruise's character? I think so. Probably. He went 30 years, let's say 20 years, and no one told Told him. Told you that you have a sibling? even accidentally. It just feels very, and fine, like, he left the house at, like, 16, he's saying. That 10 years that you were at home without your brother and it was just you and your father, no one was just like, 
you know, the gardener didn't come to say, like, where's your brother? Where's Raymond? Yeah, yeah. like, that never happened. I just find that, because in my head, when I remember the movie, I remember them being, like, step-siblings. And I'm like, oh, no, you're full-blood brothers? I was just like, how did that stay hidden? Do you think maybe American culture, like, maybe it was, like, India a lot of ways, like, in the past, and then they developed a little bit more, and were like, oh, no, we should talk about these sure. things in the way that India maybe stayed stuck in? Sure, I think so, but I don't think that's the reason. They yes. don't really provide a reason why. Why? That's the, uh, that's the kind of unsatisfying thing of this. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, do I want a reason? Also, I feel like there's some just, like, ambiguity around the mother's death. Like, was she actually sick? Or what, what happened? happened? Yeah. Like, there's some more there. When that I would like to know about. Exactly. And I think the thing is, when you have movies that are meant to be about relationships, you kind of have to outline all the relationships. You can't leave some of them... Open-ended. Open-ended. Like, the mother... Where? What happened? Where she, was she? She died. she died. She died. But, like... And they say it's of an illness. Like, she died of an illness. But why was it so close to the time that they sent Raymond away? Raymond away. And that's not... So was it because the father just couldn't take care of Raymond? Because the father was a dick to Tom Cruise, but actually seemingly really loved Lovely. Raymond. Yeah. And like really took care of him and was more partial towards him, whether it be because of his mental health or because of Tom Cruise being a dick. I have a theory. Okay. I think the mother decided like, let's send Raymond away. I think the father knew that Raymond didn't try to burn Charlie. I think yeah. he knew that it was yeah. all an accident. Yeah. And so he always lived with that. Like I sent my son away. And but so he, he didn't. But yeah. and it's and then probably was outwardly being like, well, it's actually Charlie's fault yeah, yeah. that I had to send my son away. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That that and that would make sense. And Charlie was probably just he was a dick. Yeah. Like he wasn't. Well, he's a dick because of his circumstance. Yeah. His dad's a dick to him, so he's gonna be a dick. But also, yeah, like his yeah. dad is a dick to him. The prison thing was unfortunate. You don't leave your kid in prison for two days. No. Rude. That's yeah. Yeah. But that also reminds me of Tom Cruise's relationship with his girlfriend, who I think oh, is yeah. supposed to come off as like... So heartwarming and like, Susanna's weird. <laughs> Susanna's weird, but I think she's supposed to come off as like, annoying. But there were parts where I was just like, no, Susanna, I'm asking the same questions. Like, why are you here? Why did you bring him? Why are you treating him like that? I think she's supposed to come off like this nag or this annoying kind of force. Oh. But with Susanna, I was just kind of like, no, girl. Ask the question. You're asking because he's acting like a, a, an asshole. I didn't get her place in all of it though. I just don't get why. Why is she there? Yeah, because yeah. she comes and goes. Goes exactly, yeah. and it's like, yes, yeah, you have every right to be mad at him and to leave. Yeah. Why did you come back just because you lost your job? Yeah, like, pretty much. That's not a yeah. good enough reason. Also, don't kiss him. <laughs> Even if it's, like, not yeah, a real kiss. I get that. That's not... But I think her heart... I like Her Susanna. heart's in the right her place. Her heart is in the right place, yeah. I, I, she's too good for Charlie is what I think I is. think that's the thing. Yeah, so we need her in a different situation. Yeah. I think... And she understood Raymond, and she she was trying... She knew from the beginning how to do right by him. Yes. Do you think she visits with Charlie? Do you think Charlie visits? Yeah, I think she I, visits, yeah. And I think Susanna goes with they him. had pancakes. Yeah. And I think... I think... I think he legitimately... Formed a bond with his brother. Yeah. And I think him and Susanna end up for the better for it because he ends up realizing the importance of human relationships. I do like the sentimental things in this movie. They don't feel cheesy to me. They kind of just like are like, oh, that's nice. When he has the line of like, 
we had pancakes this morning. I'm like, oh, you did have yeah, pancakes. Yeah, that whole, that whole sequence in the court was also like when he starts to spell out Charlie instead of Vern. Like, yeah. there are heartwarming moments. Like, I'm, I'm not heart of stone here. Yeah. But... Just not, just like not loving it. I like the working girl more. It's a fun movie. I just like the working girl. I was not expecting to like it that much. Yeah. I think that was my thing is that it was an easy, you know, it's, it's actually, Mike Nichols does this very well. He makes things look simple mm-hmm. and they're not. No. That's a hard, a hard movie, movie to make. To direct. Yeah. It's a hard movie to be cute and frothy and light, but still actually have something to say. And not, like, overbearing with at, sugar. At, at any point. It's also not cheesy ever. Mm-hmm. Like, fashion and, like, look of the 80s notwithstanding. Like, it's... There's nothing... It is actually very classic in terms of, like, themes and in terms of... It, it's still relevant, in, like, yes. in the 80s. It's still relevant now, but women trying to get f- forward. And, like, mm-hmm. again, how is the... how? And forget secretarial pool. Anybody, how are you supposed to move out of the world you're in? Yeah. Working girl hit a chord with you. Yeah, it really did. Like, I really, I think, I, I really understood all of that. Like, I didn't, I think I understood working girl more than I understood Good. Rain, Rain Man. Man. Because Rain Man, to me, felt obvious. Oh. I th- and I think that's the, I think even, I'm trying to put myself in the, the even in the 80s, which is difficult because, like, our, our how we view mental health has really, really shifted over time. And so to think, like, in the 80s, well, of course you treat him better than that. Well, of course you have more patience is easy to say. And for me to also say that Tom Cruise was a dick is fair, easy to say now, but maybe but, not but reflective of how people like, dealt with people with mental health. I'd be annoyed, too. Yeah, there's a yeah. strong chance also that someone with high-functioning autism would not even be allowed into a, a mental institution now. Yeah. Right? Because at the time, like... Because now there are better resources. There are better resources. So I get all of that. Working girl still slaps. But imagine you found out you had a brother you didn't know about. Yeah, You'd be a bit I'd, be, I'd be angry. Yeah. And your father just died. I think the entitlement is what gets to me. I think, and I think initially, the, the qu- though, the entitlement is surrounded by money. But as you watch the movie, you realize, like, there's a lot more to it than Eventually, that. Eventually, but it's driven by money. And yeah. I think the thing is, is that, like, he's like, I'm owed that 50%. And I'm like, fine, he was a dick to you. You also didn't stay in contact with him. Mm. You also didn't come to find him. So why should he give that to you? So do you think that he's entitled to the money? I, I think that, like, I don't think I don't think children should have to earn it. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But at the same time, like you have some responsibility here. You didn't. You left your house. You didn't go back to him at all. So why you cut that relationship? But so what does he owe you? Who's to say if Raymond did have the mental capabilities that Charlie did, he would have been the same way. But that's not the case. That's a hypothetical. <laughs> but you don't. So, but like, what good is giving that money? But he's not giving that. So that was very unclear. Yeah. Does it go to the hospital? Yes. Or does it go to Raymond? Because it's put in trust of the director for the hospital. So yeah. But is it in trust of the director of the hospital because he is in trust of Raymond? Yes, exactly. That yeah. was very unclear. We need a legal advisor. We need a legal advisor. <laughs> I want to talk about Mississippi Burning. For okay, me. burn. <laughs> Which is essentially in the heat of the night. Oh. Elevated. Oh. It's a thriller. Oh. It's. Pretty decent thriller with yeah. Gene Hackman, yeah, and uh, Willem, Dafoe. Willem Dafoe, and one Frances McDormand. Oh, interesting. Yes, in one of her earlier films, she got an Oscar nom for it. I will say, I have never enjoyed Gene Hackman more. Okay, you and really like 
Hackman I there's something about the the Hackman has picked good movies in my yeah. like movies that have connected with me I actually don't think Gene Hackman's a great actor okay but I love the conversation I think he's hilarious in the birdcage like I think he's really oh and French Connection I'm a yeah. big fan of like he's just he's done movies that he's just been a part of The Firm I, I didn't love The Firm I love The Firm yeah I know you do <laughs> um I think you should watch it but it is a movie about racism and okay. about you know the Ku Klux Klan in Mississippi and about oh is it like a time to kill ish ish okay yeah you, you should watch it it's interesting that it got nominated but it is I, I was reading about it afterwards and there was a lot of uproar about it because of how it viewed black people and white people and the FBI because uh. it is based on a true story about uh three activists who were murdered by essentially the the KKK? Well, the policing department oh, of Mississippi who were then connected. The and they were connected to the KKK, yeah. Gotcha. And how that kind of all came to light in the movie. Essentially, again, white savior, FBI, all of that. And showing black lives and black community through a, a white lens. Mm-hmm. Which I got after the fact, but not while I was watching it. I also just thought Mississippi Burning was... Just more interesting. I just didn't love Rain Man. I just, I it's thought, not your cup of tea. I don't know what the accidental tourist is about, but out of all of those, it's the most blah of those films. Mm. I find it very, uh, of those four films, I find it the least interesting. So why do you think it, it won? That's the question, Mita. If I'm looking in comparison uh, to the three that I have seen in this category, I do think Dangerously Asians should have won. <laughs> In terms of Dangerously Unsolved, Rain Man, and Working Girl. To me, that is the standout film. That, it won, it's a period piece, so, and it looks like a period piece of that time. Yeah. Of the time it's meant to represent, not of the 80s, 80s. which I think often happens. Mm -hmm. It's also just just a stronger story. Like, there's more there that's actually compelling. And so I would lean more towards that. I'm wondering... Were people just more in tune with, like, Dustin and Tom? I think it's the easier film to watch. Yeah? It really is. Mississippi Burning is about racism, and it's a heavy thriller. Working Girl, I think, was just too light for people. Mm -hmm. And I get that. I don't think Working Girl deserved Best Picture. The same way I don't think Rain Man did. I just enjoyed Working Girl more. Dangerous Theasian. Maybe too sexual? Fair, yeah. It's... It's advanced. <laughs> it's it's advanced, especially for the eighties. There's rape in it. There's rape. There's sexual coercion. It's like it's it's quite a Keanu it's a spicy miscast. film. <laughs> yeah. Keanu was way miscast. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer is not. No, and Glenn is perfect. No, Glenn is perfect. Even I Jeremy Irons, who I never really oh sorry, it's John Malkovich. It's John Malkovich. Yeah, who I usually don't like is excellent in this. I I but I think that must have been it. It's if you look at the eighties overall. The most accessible film is what's winning. Mm, that's, that's true. What, that's what Rain Man is. Well, except for in rare cases where you have like The Last Emperor. Because I don't think that was probably But accessible. nothing was accessible that, that year, year, right? Oh yeah, it was a bunch of duds, eh? It was a bunch of duds. Yeah, Broadcast News, Fatal Attraction, Hope and Glory. Well, broadcast News is very accessible. But maybe to Working Girl, right? I think there's yeah. this level of like... I think they still rec- the Academy still thinks that the best picture should have gravity. Mm. And even though, like, if you look at Working Girl and Rain Man, I think Working Girl is the better picture. I think it's better directed, better acted. I think it's more entertaining as a film. But Rain Man is about mental illness. Mm. And it does have Dustin Hoffman's 
performance. Yeah. And I think that's really what pushes it forward. Did it win just picture and that performance? And director? And Barry Levinson? Barry Levinson. Oh. I feel like if we could go back in time and if he doesn't win Best Director for this, maybe we wouldn't have Euphoria. <laughs> so you can blame Rayman for it. We it can... didn't win that many. It won Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Director, and Best Screenplay. Oh. Tom didn't get nominated. Yeah, I could see why he wouldn't get nominated. Yeah, because he's a dick. <laughs> so, like, I mean... But it makes sense for him to be a dick. But I just think he overplays the dickness. But it works with... Tom can do it. Tom mm. can be a dick. But Tom, Tom in Eyes Wide Shut is like kind of a dick. I was actually going to say Tom in Mag- Magnolia. Magnolia. Yeah. Like, oh, peak that's dick. beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love Tom Cruise. I'm and you really do, it. yeah. It's okay. We won't hold I don't it know why. You. I just really do. There, There is something there. Tommy's got it. <laughs> something. Yeah. He's got something for sure. Have you seen Risky Business? I haven't, no. You should watch I Risky should? Business. Okay. Do have, can I watch it for free? How did I watch it? <laughs> I think I did. Probably. Yeah, somewhere. you're not renting right mm-hmm. Do you have sequel prequels? I really would like to know more about this whole father. Yeah, yeah what happened center. there? Like, what yeah, happened that's, here? That's fair, Anita. And, like, why Why was nobody in the know yeah, for so long? For so long. Like, that... I kept thinking about that through the entire movie. Like, I would be devastated yeah. to find out I had a sibling. Yeah. And, like, because they were mentally, mentally handicapped, yeah. they were sent away, and yeah. I never knew about them and then also you let me believe that i made up this imaginary friend <laughs> named rain, rain man. man and here's the thing with him i had an imaginary <laughs> friend and his name was martin and now i'm worried was martin someone i don't know you should ask your dad i should who was martin Who's martin i don't know is martin a real person <laughs> that's the new mystery we have to solve yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> Give me a rating. Okay. And if it deserved best picture. Here's the thing. Okay. Tell me the thing. <laughs> While I was watching this, I realized this is going to be lighter fare. And I've, to- I've accepted that the 80s is just lighter yeah. fare. So I went into it thinking, like, this is going to be lighter. It's going to be a little bit more fluffier. Am I good? Am- in terms of fluffiness, what is this? And this is a very good fluffy film. Okay. It is, for me, a perfect Sunday watch okay. to have on in the background. That opening shot with the car and the crane and the and Ico, 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 Ico. That's a really, really good shot. Yeah. And a, what a way to open yeah. a movie. Because you're just like, does the cars have anything to do with this? They don't. Yeah. But it's still very exciting. And like Working Girl, it is of its time. But I feel like it's a more classic of its time. Yeah. Like, there's a little bit more appreciation of it, whereas when I watch Working Girl, I'm like, what is with those stockings? <laughs> <laughs> and the hair. And the hair. Yeah. <laughs> but this was just very enjoyable, and it could so easily be bad. Mm-hmm. Like, even Tom's performance, I think, could be even more over the top than yeah. what it is. And that wouldn't be something entertaining to watch. Yeah. And it's just a nice story. It's a really interesting concept that I want more of and I think that's the thing that I'm really holding on here is like I want to know more about the situation I mentioned wanting to actually know like why didn't he know for all those years and what that looked like but I also want to know like what happens after this movie does Charlie go and visit him is there actually a relationship there what does that relationship actually look like Mm -hmm. I would love to see them get into some more hijinks and go to some more casinos and win $86,000 it was a lot of fun and this movie has had such an impact in pop culture following it I think that says something because Working Girl while very enjoyable 
there are very few people who would like know specific moments from the film or a certain line or even as like that to me the standout in working girl is Sigourney Weaver like I think she oh interesting okay. yeah is really she's something to watch in that mm-hmm. like especially when she has her broken leg and she's yeah. in the hospital yeah. and so, <laughs> yeah. that's something that I think people would have caught on to yeah if it had the power that Rain Man does. And sometimes things just like fall into line and there's actual magic there. And people have been referring to this movie for years. And I don't know if you know this, but in 2009, I was obsessed with this movie called... Why am I forgetting the name? I don't know. It just like totally slipped in. I was obsessed with this movie called The Hangover. Oh. <laughs> in The Hangover, there's a whole sequence yeah. in which they recreate... Something from Rain Man. And I think that says something about a movie. Does this deserve Best Picture? No. <laughs> I don't quite understand why all these movies were nominated. Together? Like, Working Girl and Rain Man specifically. I don't yeah. quite understand. Dangerously Animals, I get. From what you're telling me about Mississippi yeah. Burning, sure. I don't know the other one. What was the other the one? The Accidental Tourist. Yes, I've never yeah. heard of it. But I think... If I'm going to look at fluff, I'm going to enjoy fluff, mm. and I'm going to see a best picture be fluff, yeah. then Rayman is it. Okay. And I'm landing on three and a half. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I had a good time with it. What do you give Dangerous Liaison? I don't remember. I think it was three and a half as well. Okay. And what would you give Working Girl? Three and a half as well. Okay. Okay, here's the thing. I think I've also accepted that the 80s was fluff, and I think... My issue with Rain Man isn't that it's fluff. It's also, I would even, it's interesting. I actually agree with what you're saying. It's well-made fluff. There's actually nothing, like, bad about the film. I say this a lot. I use this terminology a lot. There's nothing bad about the film. It just didn't connect with me. But that's just the case, man. I just didn't connect with it. I thought it was okay. I knew where it was going overall. I thought the stakes were low. I also thought there were places where there could have been high stakes and they didn't happen. Like, when he's talking to the prostitutes and he talks about counting cards, Mm. and that goes nowhere. And then the casino people are just like, you're going to have to leave. Yeah. That's, like, the stake, like, there's just, there's places where there could have been more high energy or things, more elevated things could have happened, and they just don't. It just, things just land. And I'm not, and I get that in life sometimes things just land. There's no, not everything is like super elevated, but at the same time, this is a movie. Yeah. And so you do need a little extra drama. You Like he was just able to walk out with this man without any like repercussion. Like it is, yes, he's like, it is kidnapping to some degree. Like everything just felt like convenient. Mm-hmm. The whole movie felt full of conveniences. And I think that just rubbed me the wrong way, as well as Tom Cruise's dipness. Dustin Hoffman... Without a doubt. We haven't talked about it because he just deserved that Oscar. There's nothing else to say. It's an excellent performance. The movie... I think it was Dangerous Liaisons to win, and it didn't win. Mm -hmm. And it should have. And I think the fact that you have had so many remakes and things says a lot about that movie. I think the reason this has stuck out is because oftentimes, and I think we're really going to start to see more of this... Best Picture is not about the best made movie. It's about the movie that is highly elevated that connects with people. It's This is Coda. Mm. This is Coda for sure. Interesting. Coda is not necessarily... I mean, we'll talk about it next year. It's not a bad film. No. But it's not The Power of the Dog. No. It's not... It's a movie. It's, it's not a film. Yeah. And this is a movie. This is not a film. Mm. 
I do think Working Girl is a movie, too. It's just a good movie, it's though. Fine. I just really enjoyed The Working Girl. I just thought it was great. I think if I'm going to recommend a movie from this decade, aside from Dangerous Liaison, I'm going to say go watch Working Girl. And I also think that fewer people have seen it. Mm. And I think that's kind of fun to discover. This has... You said if I'm looking for a movie on a Sunday, I'm going to go for Working Girl over Rain Man. I just think it's easier to watch. It's It's more entertaining. It's more fun. It's... I don't know. I just enjoyed it more. Best. So, no, I do not think Rain Man deserved Best Picture. That deserved, that should have gone to Dangerous Liaison, without a doubt. Oui. And my enjoyment is for Working Girl over Rain Man, but neither of them deserved Best Picture at the end of the day. Yeah. So I, I'm landing on three stars for Rain Man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Four stars for Dangerous Liaison. Yeah. Three and a half for Working Girl. Yeah. And three stars for... Uh, Mississippi Burning. Three and a half? Sorry? Three. 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 Yeah. Okay. That's what that's oh, yes. that's how I feel. There you go. Go watch Working Girl, everyone. <laughs> watch it. Watch Rain Man too. Yeah, you could skip it. If you can watch both, watch If you it. can watch both, watch both. If you can watch one, watch Working Girl. Yeah, watch Working Girl because it's free on Disney Plus. Yeah. Also. Yeah. But also, if you've got time for one Mike Nichols movie, make a Tootsie. Yeah. And then closer. Yeah, that's a good assessment. Yeah. Don't do Charlie Wilson's War. No, you could skip that yeah. one. But also, like, Carnal Knowledge and Who's Afraid of Virginia. He's got a great filmography. Mike Nichols. He's done some good work. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. I'm going to miss... I really enjoyed... I really enjoyed Working Girl. <laughs> That's what I'm taking the away from it. like, new top five. Yeah. Working yeah. Girl. <laughs> right there for it. Yep. Okay, Mitha. We are at the end of the 80s next week. Mm-hmm. But before we get there... Yes. Game time. Okay. Okay. So last week, Nadim, yes, you had me connect mm-hmm. a small film called Room. No. To Dunkirk. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Please keep that in. Yeah. You had me connect I Room. Did. I did. To yes. Dunkirk. Yep. I did not lose my mind. No. <laughs> so this week, Nadim, yeah, I'm gonna have you connect Dunkirk. Okay. To a film that I love. Okay. Spy Kids. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's a way to do it. I hope you get there. <laughs> Your timer starts now. Dunkirk stars a lot of people. And I'm thinking... <laughs> I like... You can't sing. <laughs> you can't distract me like that. Okay. Dunkirk stars... I'm thinking either Antonio Banderas or George Clooney. Into okay. Spy Kids. You have 30 seconds. Okay. George Clooney, not Damon, Ocean's Eleven. Okay, so Dun- Dunkirk <laughs> was directed by uh, Christopher Nolan, who directed Oppenheimer. Matt Damon is in Oppenheimer, who's in Ocean's Eleven, with Ta- uh, George Clooney, who is in Spy Kids. There you go. Okay. Yeah. You did it just under and two Oh, seconds. look at that. That's not the way I did it. Okay. How'd would you, you like to know? I would. Dunkirk stars one Barry Keough. Oh. Who is yeah. in The Eternals with Salma Hayek. You, who's also in. Who, she's not in Spy Kids. Oh, she she, But she's been in many Roger, Robert Rodriguez okay, films, okay. Uh, who is the director of Spy Kids. Okay. You know I never go to Marvel. I never... That's why I picked it, because I was like, he'll never go there, and then he won't win. I, but then I But still... then you got it, so I'm very I, proud of you. I got there. You did it. So you did it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Mitha, what are we watching next week to next... end the 80s? Whoa. Well, we're ending the 80s on a big bang. Or whimper, <laughs> it's, it's I feel huge. like. <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge film yeah. that I've never seen. No. Have you? I've seen bits and pieces. Okay. We are watching Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's the movie, that's right? That's the movie. Okay. Yeah, it is Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> there you go. 100% Miss Daisy. Uh, 
We'll see that. And we'll also, more excitedly probably, yeah. have a review for Rocky Arani Kibrem Kahani. Oh, yeah! Yeah, we'll be seeing that before this episode goes live. There we go. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Probably more fun than Driving Miss Daisy, but we'll find out next week. We'll see. Do you have any parting words, Nita? I do. Kmart sucks. No, that was a great one. <laughs> he delivers it very well. He does. And he made a joke. He made a joke. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for Rocky Orani Kiprem Kahani. And Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Have a lovely week, folks. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by no one. You can send us an email at moviestowatchpod at gmail.com, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at moviestowatchpod, and check out our litter box at movies, the number two, watch pod. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell Kevin Bacon.